Listeners, and welcome aboard Costume Station Zero. I'm Bob Mitch, and I'm joined today by Amanda Avery. Hello, Amanda. Hello, Bob. Amanda, uh, for those of you who have been to Gallifrey One, or WonderCon, or San Diego Comic Con, or anything of that ilk, uh, will probably recognize her as either Rose Tyler or an Orion slave girl from Star Trek, or perhaps as one of the Avenger bunnies at uh, Comic Con. So, welcome. Represent. Woo-hoo. So I, I like to start it back at the beginning. Um, what uh, what first got you into costuming? Oh, wow. To be honest, I was so young when I got into costuming, I'm not sure if there was a specific event. But I do remember when I was, I want to say, like nine years old, uh, there was this one Halloween where, and I'm going to be completely killed for this, um, I was Queen Amidala from the... Sort of terrible Star Wars prequels. Episode um, one or episode two? Which one? I don't even know. It was eight. So. <laughs> All right. Fair I, enough. I like this lady. She's covered in cool makeup, and I want to be that for Halloween. And so my mom dressed me up. They did like the face paint and stuff, and like all this yada yada. Went out for Halloween, and people like freaked out because I'm from the South, and like everyone in the South on Halloween is like a spooky ghost or princess. Uh huh. And I was, like, some weird Star Wars thing, which I didn't understand at all. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, there was this one moment where I went to this house, and some lady was so excited that she dragged me inside, and she, like, took a bunch of pictures in her house and, like, gave me candy. And I remember being, like, nine and being like, wait a second. So if I dress up in cool costumes, people will take pictures of me and give me candy? <laughs> and so I think that kind of just continued on for like 10 years. I was like, hmm, if I can just do a better costume, there'll be more pictures and more candy. And, <laughs> and here I am today. <laughs> so it was a big reward response uh, type yeah, of thing. Let's be honest. We're all attention whores deep down. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly a lot of cosplayers are, that's for sure. Although... Although there are customers who don't wear the costume who aren't, so there's a slight difference. Yeah, it's, it's true. We're not all attention whores. Some of us are craftsmen and some both. But the point is, I, I'm pretty sure I was lured into this hobby with Reese's and Skittles. So that's how that happened. Will that be a theme for a future costume? Just like, you know, a, a giant uh, Skittle bag or, uh, you know, M&M's or something? I would love to be a giant Skittles bag. <laughs> I think that'd be great. I had this idea at some point where I wanted to put together a cosplay group and it was nothing but bad mascot characters. <laughs> like the Big Lots exclamation point 
and just like the worst ones, like the most unrecognizable ones. Can the Domino's Noid be in there? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it, it really has promise. I want to put that group together. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that'd be cool. I, I volunteer to be Max Headroom. That's me. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so uh, do you consider that uh, Amidala costume to be your, your very first costume, or do you delineate I that? So. I suppose it is. I mean... Other than that, um, I spent a couple years doing just kind of obscure anime costumes. Because I, I started in anime conventions way back in the day. I think uh, my first one was when I was like 12, mm-hmm. 12 or 13. And it was just, yeah, it was store-bought stuff. And like I don't really count any of it. I didn't really make anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the first one I, I care about is that that silly Star Wars costume when I was eight. Um, but then I started sewing my own stuff with the, the anime thing. And then a, a couple years ago, when I was 18, 19, I discovered VRPF.com. Are you familiar with that? Oh, of course. Yeah, I'm on there. Uh, the replica prop form for those who are listening. I'll post a link. Yeah. Uh, I discovered the RPF because I was trying to start this Iron Man armor because Iron Man 2 had just come out. Mm-hmm. And I really think that was the beginning of being really serious about it, like caring about accuracy and all that. So I don't know. It's a hard question. Don't <laughs> it's a hard question. It's a really hard question. I don't know what the first one was. <laughs> oh, no. I just like to ask where uh, people consider their first costume, which usually delineates between something either in Halloween and childhood, which it seems is definitely the case for you, or some people kind of jettison that and go right to, well, here is the first serious costume I did, either as a teenager or as a 20-something, when I jumped into uh, convention going. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And sometimes I, I, I can kind of count it as both. I know I kind of I kind of have, here is my first Halloween, here is my first what I consider cosplay, even though there's a lot of stages in between that was leading me down that path. And mm-hmm. Scott and I have discussed this, that the whole idea of, you know, you're dismissing a lot of these anime costumes, that... Oh, you kind of don't count it because you bought a lot of it, or maybe some of it came from in a bag or whatever. And I go like, yeah, but that's kind of the gateway drug for a lot of people where you get that first taste of dressing up, and maybe it, you didn't get satisfied with what was in the bag. Maybe you had to augment it or change it. I know that's what I did with a lot of those. And that, again, it just starts you down that path. <laughs> and then before you know it, you're like doing podcasts about how you've been doing cosplay for 10 years. Exactly. <laughs> I was going to say, going down the path of wearing, uh, you know, crazy neoprene suits with a helmet (laughs) or, you know, building foam construction uh, monsters, you know, and wearing like a sofa, you know. Hey, it's a great way to lose weight, though. I always say, you know, build a monster and, you know, you'll you'll drop 10 pounds at a convention. Heck yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, tell me what, uh, I mean, I've seen you now at three different conventions. What um, has been your favorite costuming event overall? I can't deny it. It's Dragon Con. Dragon Con is the best convention in the entire world. Cool. Uh, Tell me about it. I've never been. I want to go. So tell me about it. Uh, Dragon Con is magical. You know how you go to, like, say, Comic Con, San Diego Comic Con? Oh, yeah. And, like, I don't know, 15% of people cosplay, like, they dress up and stuff. And then it's, like, a lot of kind of people just getting swag and all that stuff. Right. You know, it's very industry. Dragon Con, it's, like... Five to ten percent of the people there don't dress up, and it's all impressive. Like 
if you are a serious costumer and you want to be appreciated, you should go to Dragon Con because everyone recognizes you. It's just the geekiest people ever. It's like Mardi Gras for nerds. It's so good. It's so good. It's excellent. It's completely fan-driven. It's not nearly as industry. There's no, like, big expo room. It's just people hanging out. And there's, like, a little island bar. And, yeah, just people taking pictures. It's super fun. You should go. I see photos from the uh, the parade and, and the hall costumes all the time, and it, it sounds great. I, I do want to go. It's just it's always been a matter of it's always about a month after Comic-Con. Yep. And the wallet doesn't have enough time to recover. It's just going to come down to either winning the lottery or just skipping Comic-Con for a year, I find. I think next year I'm going to skip Comic-Con and just go to Dragon Con. Because the same sort of thing happened to me. And, like, it's just too much. Dragon Con is just such a, good, such a good experience. It's so fun. That, that is our loose plan right now. We're, we kind of, I don't know. I mean, I, I dearly love San Diego Comic-Con, but it sometimes can be feel like a bit too much. And uh, the, the corporate aspect kind of gets to you and... And so on, and I don't know. I you know I've got friends over at Dragon Con, and they always recommend it. And uh, that's our that's our loose plan. We don't know though, because we could come around next year, and all of a sudden we'll start having those pangs of oh, we don't want to miss Comic Con. So <laughs> no, you have to you have to kill those like really at least <laughs> once. See, I say at least once, but I know if you go to Dragon Con, you'll never not go to Dragon Con again. Oh, so, just go once, really, just this one time. All right. Well, 2013 uh, Doctor Who anniversary year. I'll I'll make the plan. I'll make for uh, make for it. So good. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Doctor Who at Dragon Con as well. There's oh, a t- I know. I know all about it. I'm on the Pride board, and uh, I talked to Andy, who organizes those guys. And uh, it's uh, it, no, it sounds like a great time. I've seen all those parade pictures and all the great Who costumes, and at every uh, convention I've seen, uh, not not even uh, Dragon Con, but Comic Con and Gallifrey and. All of the above. It's amazing how uh, the Doctor Who contingent of cosplay has really sort of spread and exploded over the last five years. It's really yeah, kind of it's gotten massive. Yeah, yeah. So power to the BBC for uh, good marketing, I guess. So uh, while on the topic of Doctor Who, I've I've seen you do an empty child Rose Tyler, um, and I know you also collect a lot of Rose pieces. Let's let's talk Rose for a while here. Um, how did you put that together, and and how do you how do you find doing Rose? Because there's quite a community of uh, people that seek out these items, right? Yeah, it's it's uh, even though her season was like what 2005, 2006. Yeah, yeah, it's it's still really crazy. If you hunt down like a Rose item on eBay, probably eBay UK, there's still going to be like five or six people who are also still looking and will fight you for it. Like, it, it becomes a terrible rose sort of brawl. Everyone's outbidding everyone. Um, Rose, how did that come to be? That was my first costume where you kind of haven't got anything to make. It's a lot of, you know, purchasing things. Sure. So that was, it was very different than what I was used to. I'm used to, you know, just sewing something. But uh, that was all scavenger hunt sort of stuff. It was just like every day, get up and check eBay UK. <laughs> <laughs> just hang out there. Um, back then, I don't think they had really established the, the sales page for the Doctor Who Live Journal, right? which is super helpful now. But at the time, it was just kind of like you just, you just have to hunt around and like hope and pray that this thing from Topshop in 2005 shows up in your size and the right color. And it was kind of a mess. It took a, it took a while, but, um, it all comes down to the wig. Yeah. Um, 
before we talk the wig, how long did it take you to put that costume together? I think I actually pulled it together in about three months. That's not too bad considering the uh, the obstacles involved there. No. There was a couple things that were like really generic. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Union Jack shirt is... Well, I mean, the one I have is correct, but it's like really common and just really knocked off. Like they all look exactly the same and they're all like the weird length. I don't understand like the people who dressed Rose in that show. Like I don't, I don't know how they pulled those outfits together themselves because everything she wears is really expensive, by the way, even though it looks like it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Things like Top Shop and Fire Trap and like... $200 boots and stuff and like dollar mm-hmm. sneakers. It's like, what? The character would never have been wearing that stuff. No, never, ever, ever. It just seems, it's just really strange. I don't know how that happened. Like, I understand Amy Pond in like kind of more pricey stuff that seems right, at least. Uh-huh. But Rose Tyler in her, in her like $700 outfit seems kind of absurd. So, uh, but yes, it is all about the wig. Rachel told me this as well. Now, what's the secret with the wig? It is all about the roots. Mm-hmm. You have to color your own roots. I actually think that is, like, the whole trick to Rose. Besides, like, crazy eyebrows. <laughs> you, you have to draw in roots, because otherwise it just doesn't look right. You don't look nearly chavvy enough. Okay. So you gotta get, like, the, uh, the grown-in roots. Sharpie. Is the secret if you must know. <laughs> so uh, you recommend um, wig with sharpie, create roots. And, yeah, uh, it, okay. it'll take it'll take you hours, but it is worth it. It's fun. I had people come up to me at Galley, uh, one girl in particular, and you know she thought it was my real hair or whatever, and I was like, oh no no, it's just cool. It's just like you know it's sharpie, and she thought I had sharpied my own hair. <laughs> And I was like, no, no. <laughs> it is a really good looking wig. I actually Thank was fooled you. when I saw it. Yeah, it's great when you have those too, because then you're because you know it's a wig, right? And you're always shocked when people mistake it for yeah. that. Yeah, I'm like, ooh, I like. I wish I. Well, I'm not sure if I wish I had hair like that, but you know what I mean. It's just sure. kind of like this is crazy hair. Like, there's no way this is real. But yeah, it's- people people are fooled all the time. Right, because you know your own hair, and yeah. you think, I would never do this, but they don't know you. And what's weird is that the people that meet you in costume and then meet you in real life much later get thrown, because they don't, you know, there's, where's the Tom Baker hair? Where's the Rose hair? And Yeah, uh, yeah. There's a couple people I know who've never seen me without a wig. Like, we're not friends online or anything, but I see them in every con somehow. Sure. And they just, they have no idea what I actually look like. <laughs> I'm always like green or a mermaid or something. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. So, uh, in terms of Rose, I was going to ask you: uh, Are you working on any other variant Rose costumes? I am always working on all the roses. I am a full bouquet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Got it. All right. I uh, I really want to pull another one together for galley next year, but I'm having a hard time figuring out which one to do. If you want to know the truth, I might do the, the girl in the fireplace one Mm -hmm. just because she has that giant gun, you know? Oh, sure. And I think the giant gun would be fun. Yeah. Besides that, it's going to be hard to tell. Well, it would work at galley, but like not really anywhere else, you know? Right. It's just a t-shirt and jeans and shoes, but uh, it's doctor who for you. 
Well, that is my thing about Modern Companions is that, you know, it's great that it's comfortable and it's like real world wear and you could probably even wear it out in your regular wardrobe if you want to yeah. risk it. But uh, unless you're at a very specific Who meetup or event or you've got a doctor in tow, it must be very hard to get recognized. It is a bit. Um, I actually, the first time I wore Rose was before Galley, and it was at an anime con that I went to for a friend's birthday. Mm -hmm. And I was really surprised. Like, a lot of people knew who I was. And I kind of just was just going to wear it as normal clothes, you know, see what would happen sort of deal. Mm -hmm. People really got it. It was uh, was a bit weird. I need to. uh, I was going to do an Amy Pond as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I I discovered as soon as I got the wig that I kind of look like Lindsay Lohan. Oh, okay. Head head. So that will not be happening. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Rose. Rose every year. (laughs) So uh, for anyone just diving into the the Rose costuming pool right now, years after the character was on the show and all these, as you say, a lot of these costuming items or real Top Shop items were... Um, now no longer on the shelf, you're basically stuck, what, hunting thrift shops in ebay.co.uk. Um, what, what do you recommend um, a new customer to do, like your best advice to you know, help, help them along the path? For, for Rose specifically, or Doctor Who specifically, now that uh, DW Cosplay on LiveJournal has got a sales page, just camp out there. Uh, especially now, because it seems like everyone's selling all their stuff. Because everyone's moving on to Rose. Um, I'm sorry, onto Amy. True. And uh, and then there's going to be that new companion soon, apparently. Yes. Uh, so everyone's kind of like leaving leaving Rose behind. And also, I, I think I'm going to be doing a couple Rose T-shirt runs. So just email me instead. That's my tip. Email me and buy things from me. Woo-hoo. Um, all right, I can I can post that as well. Uh, I, I'm just always uh, fascinated by it too because you know I, I've always watched from afar, both on you're right the main DW cosplay uh, live journal that I co mod, and now you're right on the sales page. The sales page has actually been around quite a while, but it, it only really got pimped when oh, it gotcha. uh, yeah when all the drama happened and we had to kind of separate the two to to kind of um, keep everybody happy. Oh, I have another tip. I'm sorry. Sure, go for here's it. My, here's my real tip. Don't be catty and tell people where you got your stuff. Like, because everyone will love you and they will in turn not be catty and tell you where they got their stuff. Because that is a real problem with us companions. Uh, There's a lot of like. Well, wait, a problem with companions or the Rose and Amy crowd? uh, mm, No, okay, you've got me. It's mostly Rose and Amy. People are, like, a little weird about where they got their wig and, like, where they found this shirt and, you know, stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. you just shouldn't do that. It's not nice. So that's my tip. The impression I get from from reading a lot of these posts and and talking to some of the girls about this is that uh, uh, there is a real point of pride to say you found, you know, the diesel jacket or whatnot. Uh, and I get that. I mean, it's all about the accuracy thing and the, the thrill of the treasure hunt. I totally understand that. Mm-hmm. But it does seem to me that a lot of these costumes could probably be approximated with near enoughs that are either currently available or were available but less sought after. But it seems like most people don't ever want to settle on that or or not. I feel personally sure. that when it comes to Doctor Who, like I uh, uh, it, since it's it's normal clothes, since it's like modern everyday clothes, I feel right. like you have to have the exact thing. Okay. 
That's just me. And there are other things that I don't care as much about where I wouldn't care. Like, I don't, I don't judge anyone mm-hmm. on it. It's just me personally. Like, I, I'm doing a Ramona Flowers from Scott Pilgrim costume. Cool. And there's, like, like she wears it's another one where she wears $200 boots. And I don't need that, you know? Like, uh, they're just tan boots. But Doctor Who, I get a little weird about that. Well, I, I think it's also that these a lot of these items have been ID'd. It's not like there's guesswork going on for most yeah. of them. But yeah. my feeling on it is always this, that, I mean, obviously it should always come back to how much do you love it and how much is in your wallet. But yeah. uh, but it seems to me that like when I tell people to start on certain costumes and they do have a limited budget, I say splurge on a key piece, you know, yeah. get that key piece right, and the rest you can fudge, and then later if you want to upgrade, go go for it. Would that would that be the the kind of thinking yeah. that some people do there? I would I would say so. I will tell you a dark, terrible secret that no one knows, and now everyone will know. My my jeans for Rose are not right. No, nope. <laughs> they are not correct. They are the same brand, but they are just a random pair of boot cut jeans from that brand, and no one knows, and no one cares. Um, and I can sleep fine at night knowing that. So, yeah, I think you're on the right track. Yeah, especially with things like jeans, I, I find. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, you're right. It, if you can get it, get it. But, you know, I always say that, um, you know, like with Tom Baker, start with a scarf. Yeah. And then get, you know, go for the hat or the coat. And then after that, you can start to kind of, you know, wing it. And then if you can dial it all in, great. And if not, you know, because yeah. that's what people lock in on. It's always, uh, um, it's it's the key stuff. Um, mm. you know? So, uh with Rose, for me, like, if you're going to do, yeah, Empty Child, you got to have that Union Jack shirt. If you're going to do uh, the pilot, you know, Rose, Rose, you got to have that hoodie, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a few. I don't know. It's really kind of a, it's kind of a case-by-case thing for me, I think. There's, um, there's a scarf in Rose cosplay mm-hmm. that's worn, I want to say, like, twice. It's this crazy multicolored scarf, and people just lose their minds trying to get this thing. and I, I thought that was reissued, the Boomtown scarf, right? Ah, uh, yeah, it was, but it's different. It's oh. different. It's, um, it's shorter and wider, and it's still like a bajillion dollars, right? <laughs> it's like so expensive, and but I don't know. And it, the thing is, is um, Forever 21 did a knockoff of that, of that scarf. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you have that, maybe it's just because I have it, but if you have that, I feel like it's just so acceptable. It's like I I don't expect you to pay like three hundred dollars for a scarf when there's like something that's obviously supposed to be that, you know, that is already in existence for like twenty dollars. You know, I, I feel like that's okay. But if it's like between the actual Union Jack shirt in the empty child that costs like thirty dollars uh-huh. or some random pink and purple Union Jack shirt that you found at Walmart for $20. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of just lazy. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, you could have, all right, you know, it's not like a big enough effort and money difference for it to feel justified to me by that to me. Sure. Sure. Uh, so on the flip side of that, uh, what rose costumes actually require you to sew versus purchase? Ooh, oh man, uh, you know Doctor Who. Um, I do, that- but you know I don't analyze all the Rose costumes. I have an idea. Oh, no. What is what is that episode where spoilers? What is that episode where Cassandra like 
goes inside, like, and she is Billy Piper, or sorry, she is Rose, and she is the Doctor. Like, she, do you know what I'm talking about? It's like she it, comes back. Yes, uh, it's uh, called New Earth. It was the second season premiere. Ah, yeah. Okay, so the shirt from that, no one can find that. Doesn't exist anywhere. So, it, it was a it was a purchased shirt, but no one's been able to find yeah, it. Yeah, no one, no one can find that thing. I think it was identified eventually, but like it's just it doesn't turn up ever, 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 ever. Um, so a lot of people sew that one. Mm-hmm. They just go ahead and make that, um, which is totally cool. Got it. Yeah, and then there's also um, I think it's the Unquiet Dead. Right? Where, the Victorian where, dress? The black one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You might as well just go ahead and make that, too. Would this also go for the Idiot's Lantern 50s look? Yeah. That'd be easy enough to do. I, I don't know. There's, um, I found there's generally mixed opinions on that dress, because you can find the dress. We'll go with making it. I don't know many people who've bought it. I'm sure it can be, yeah, something no, similar I can be purchased. It's the shoes that are like really elusive. Oh. Yeah, those are like, I don't know. That's, that's one of those holy grail costumes that everyone's always trying to do. And like, it's hard to find the jackets, hard to find the shoes. The shoes cost like 200 bucks and all this stuff. But yeah, the dress, uh, it's just, um, it's just the top is pink sequins and the bottom is just more pink. It's pretty easy. <laughs> What would you say is the easiest rose costume to put together for someone easiest starting out? Rose. Girl in the fireplace. There's a there's a girl, I don't remember her name. I'm sorry, girl, on um DW Cosplay who just did a run of the shirts. So it's just a matter of buying the shirt and then buying jeans and wearing tennis shoes and a blonde wig and your rose. You've Woo. done um all right well that's cool no i i'm just always kind of curious about that and how like uh, rachel and i had discussed uh the psychology behind why rose uh was such a popular character to cosplay still is even though amy is clearly eclipsing her and why why the the appeal of these two characters say over martha or donna or uh even river to a degree i know river's fairly popular but she still doesn't quite get into that realm i don't know rose is my favorite doctor who character Mm -hmm. not sure that I have a reason why. Well, I mean, a lot of it is like, well, the doctor's in love with her, duh, you know? Mm-hmm. So, of course, I want to be Rose. <laughs> <laughs> the doctor, you know? So, there's that. And then she's just, I don't know, she's cool. She's like, she's so chavvy. <laughs> I don't know. There's just, there's some weird addiction, like, connected to collecting Rose clothes. You just feel like you want them all. You're just like, I just want all these terrible clothes. I'll never wear else. <laughs> on all of these, like half my wardrobe just to be like really bad, like the worst top shop thing ever. Mm-hmm. Want that. I want to wear it all together. I want a Union Jack shirt and baby blue Timberland shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I want giant hoop earrings. I want that, you know. I don't know what it is. I wish I could tell you. (laughs) Well, I think you had a point there. I mean, Rachel, I think, summed it up nicely that uh, both um, Amy and uh, Rose, while they're young, you know, they're pretty, they're easy on the eyes, and both of them have uh, more of a romantic connection to the Doctor, especially Rose. And uh, I'm an old schooler. I still roll my eyes at that. But, you know, hey, that's me. It's not my Doctor Who anymore. I I begrudgingly accept that. But, uh, but yeah, that you want to be... The person that, hey, the doctor, David Tennant or Matt Smith, hey, that guy is kind of cool or hip or sexy, so I want to I wanna be his, you know, his con- yeah. confidant. And Martha was the one that was rejected. Donna was always just a chum. 
you know, never went that way. And uh, and River, although she has that too, ha- has the older woman vibe, which not all the younger girls want to emulate. They want to stick to their age group. So I, I can I can see a lot of that. That uh, I can see I, I follow that line of thinking. Even though Amy does, you know, Amy's got Rory now, and she was technically rejected by the doctor too. But you know, the the minute I get old enough, like the second. I'm just going to switch over to doing nothing but Jackie Tyler cosplay. Wow. Rest of my life. <laughs> I'm so in love with Jackie Tyler. She's the best character. I take it back. Rose isn't my favorite. Jackie is. She's so good. I actually, I feel like it, once I got a bit older too, I'd probably, I'd probably be Donna. Um, I think maybe a lot of the Rose and Amy thing has to do with how high the young girl population is in Doctor Who fandom currently. Sure. Um, I don't. I don't know. I'm not as into as the the classic Who as you are. Um, has there all has it always been like lots of kind of young girls into it? Um. Wait, you're talking fandom, or you're talking the the companions? No, fandom. Uh, yes, I can definitely tell you, uh, having, uh, been to conventions in the nineties and, uh, and, uh, late eighties that, uh, yeah. uh, certainly among sci-fi fans and, and Doctor Who, yeah, uh, very rare were, did you find, um, young women into Doctor Who. It's not like it never happened, but yeah. definitely not on the scale you see now. Yeah. So that's a huge change. And I, a lot of it probably is due to how the new show is presented and characters like Rose and Amy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just, uh, especially now that it's, you know, Matt Smith and Moffat's writing and all that stuff, um, I'm not sure if it's because, like, suddenly everyone's all sexy, which I kind of feel like that's, don't tell anyone, podcast listeners, but um, not, I'm not really into that. I don't like how everyone's super hot all of a sudden. <laughs> um, I guess, I don't know, maybe that's why I like Rose. I don't think she's, like, super hot. She's just kind of like weird <laughs> <laughs> she's not bad on the eyes but yeah she's not yeah, traditional yeah, hollywood she's, yeah she's just kind of like oh i love chips like i just like her um yeah it's like you know matt smith is like all gorgeous and then rory's all cute amy's like all fashionable you know mm-hmm. so it's it's kind of attractive like a, I like to think a lot of of young female fans and so that's kind of what there is it's like well it's it's Rose or Amy. Well, this is just generally sweeping. I've seen, obviously, you know, girls do uh, River and, and Donna and such. And it's not like these are off limits. It's just to help explain why is there an explosion of people who tend yeah, to be yeah, Rose yeah. or Amy. Yeah. I mean, uh, we commented, I think it was at Gallifrey 2011, that that was like the convention for Amy Pun. There were so many. Amy's were outflanking any other character. Oh, uh, yeah, think. it was PonCon. Totally. It was PonCon, yeah. Yes. It made me feel a little sad. I was like, oh, Rose. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of fun, though, to, like, photobomb people. It'll just be, like, the doctor and Amy and then just, like, me looking angry at them in the background. It's kind of fun. I do that. <laughs> go go look at, at Galley uh, 2012 photos. I'm sure there's a couple of me doing that. <laughs> so. uh, I'll go find them. Actually, you, all you have to say is, hey, I'm just doing season four rows trying to contact That's the doctor. It. It's yeah. all I'm doing. It's just, you know, it's different costume. I can't wear the same clothes every day. I can't wear that blue jacket every day of my life. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So just, you know, just creeping a little bit. All right. All right. Just angry. 
Uh, so stepping away from Rose, uh, I first met you at Comic-Con wearing a Orion Slave Girl Star Trek outfit, so why don't you tell me about that? It feels like a million years ago. I know. It wasn't that long ago, though. I know. It really wasn't, but it, it seems like ages and ages ago. Um, yes, the Orion Slave Girl that I tripped into. How that happened? I did some, I did some uh, model work for this company called Novos, right. which does high-quality replica Star Trek uniforms, um, TOS and the newer movie, Trek 11. And everything was going fine. I was like, yay, I'm wearing this dress at the con, like, blah, blah, blah. Simultaneously, I was working on a She-Hulk costume. Uh-huh. Yeah, because She-Hulk is, like, one of my favorite Marvel characters ever, 80s-specific. I don't like her outside of the 80s and John Byrne, but that's that's really not important. Point is, I was doing She-Hulk, and um, the color... <laughs> uh-huh. so weird how this happened. The color I was using for the, ba- the body paint, the reason I picked it is because it was the color and brand they had used on the Orion Slave Girls in the new movie. And I really liked the way it looked. And I was like, oh, yeah, like I'll just use the Orion Slave Girl body paint, be She-Hulk, it'd be great. Got my wig, blah, blah. So I did like a, a, a test of that. And at some point, the guy who was in charge of the Star Trek stuff was like, you could just wear a uniform and be an Orion slave girl because you already have the body paint and the wig. And I was like, oh, Ah. and I'm already doing Star Trek stuff. Yeah. So that's how that happened. And it's really weird, actually. Whenever I, the first time I wore the Star Trek dress at Comic-Con, that Comic-Con where I met you, uh... Everyone thought I was She-Hulk. It was very confusing. <laughs> like, really weird. With the Star Trek uniform on. Like, I had, like, the boots on and the dress, and I had, like, you know, my, my badge. I was medical. And um, just wandering around, people, you know, like, people kind of, like, mutter to themselves, but kind of at you. Oh, yeah. They were like, oh, it's She-Hulk. And you're like, you know, look, Timmy, it's She-Hulk. And I'm like, What? Like, <laughs> Okay, so at some point I became like She-Hulk cosplaying Star Trek stuff at Comic-Con. Like that became my new costume because I decided it was. And Oh man. No, it, it's funny too cuz this was right on the heels of the Abrams movie. I remember they had a booth with three or four Orion Slave girls you could take photos with. There was you um and your friend both doing the the slave it, it, to me it was it should have been right on the forefront of people's minds but that's really funny that that was what you got yeah, I don't know why everyone went straight to She Hulk and ironically when I was dressed as She Hulk no one knows who I am at all <laughs> yeah I, you know I I asked this too like what what's been the strangest uh, or common misidentification you get in costume would that count for you yeah it's got to be that one I don't I don't know why they think that. Shulky like wears Star Trek uniforms for fun. I don't really get it, but I don't. I mean, like they're half right, I guess. Half right, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they they kind of got it right. It was very strange. <laughs> well, where have you worn the the finished She Hulk thing? Because I've never seen that. Oh, I did that at Dragon Con. I only did it once. I've been painted green twice now, and it's ooh, it's an alcohol based body paint, and it just oh, like it does a number on you. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. Like every time it's green too, and it gets in your nose. Like every time you sneeze, it's like '90s Nickelodeon. Ah, uh, right. <laughs> it's terrible, and just everything. Everything smells like a hangover, 
and <laughs> it's just the worst. So it'll it'll probably be a while before I do that again. I kind of want to do like '80s like super lawyer She Hulk with like mm-hmm. the crazy like power suit. I want that. Sure. Yeah. And and less paint. And less paint. Yeah, just hands and stuff. <laughs> it was weird though. That Dragon Con was like the year of She Hulks. Oh really? Yeah, I had never seen one ever, and that's kind of why I did it. I was like, no one represents this awesome character. And there was like five of us. It was really strange. I was like, oh. So I take it then that, I mean, everyone has a different approach to how they pick characters. I mean, whether it's, oh, I just love that costume. I want that challenge. Oh, I look like this person. I'm going to embrace yeah. my casting. Oh, everyone's having fun. I want to do a popular character like, you know, Wonder Woman yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And, oh, I love this character so much, you never see it, let's represent this, even though they're kind of obscure, and it sounds like you fall into that category, is that right? Yeah, generally, generally speaking. I don't do many costumes that are just for the sake of, you know, like, it's current, um, but it, it tends, to, tends to work out. Uh, yeah, I don't know, I guess I'm a, I, I, I can be a victim of that sometimes. Originally, I was going to do that that 80s power suit She-Hulk. And I ended up doing her costume from uh, the game she was in that just came out, Marvel vs. Capcom 3, I think. Because I was like, oh, people recognize that more. And thinking back on it, I really should have just been 80s. But um, So, like, to an extent, I guess I'm influenced by what's currently popular, but I wouldn't say that I like big characters like that. I'm like, I'm going to be, I don't know, what's popular now? I'm going to be Catwoman. I don't know. I don't even know what's popular right now. <laughs> well, there's the ones that are always popular. You'll never go wrong with Wonder Woman or Superman or, you yeah, know. That's true. Uh, yeah, even Catwoman, exactly. Catwoman. Exactly, yeah. I'm Black Widow, you know. But I do know that, you know, I've got friends who tend to do more obscure characters, and although they love it, they do occasionally start to crave at least having one go-to popular character, just yeah. in case, just in case. So, and because I, I get that, because sometimes you want to feel, like, you know, appreciated for your efforts and not just walking around and be like, eh, and I don't know, it's that yin-yang, and sometimes I don't care and sometimes I do, and it all, it's all about how much do you love it and knowing where to wear it and all that stuff, so. I feel bad for the people who really genuinely love a character like love a character but they're intensely overdone like say say like your whole life is black widow uh-huh. it's like i'm really sorry but half of this convention is going to be black widow there's nothing we can do about it. i'm sorry you know and a lot of the people who are black widow like may not necessarily be doing it because they love it it's just because it's what's in you know sure but i feel bad for that i i tend to pick characters that aren't done that much i'm coming up on that though i'm doing ramona flowers from scott pilgrim and that is definitely a con go-to yeah a lot of people so i kind of blend in with the crowd but it's okay because i love that movie i think that yeah that can be ignored if you if you really dig the character and yeah it's it's all that yin yang and and what what do you really want to get out of it um so i uh i like to generally ask what has been um your your favorite or best experience so far in costume, and it can be obviously any of your costumes. Ooh, my favorite experience. Okay, this is a, this one. This one's near and dear to my heart. This was actually at Galley this year. I was so excited. Um, so I was dressed as Rose. Doctor Who, very important to me, as I'm sure it is to you. Oh yeah. So it's like you know, it's very very important to me. And like I just don't kill me. I just discovered the show like 
last year, right? So I'm like very fresh and I'm like, oh, Doctor Who, holy crap, it's my life. Would you say Matt Smith is your doctor? No, God, no. Mm. Silly man, it's Eccleston. Wow. So uh, did you came in right, you, you you came in on the Eccleston season or you started watching Smith started, or something? I started watching it with Eccleston. Okay. Uh, my first episode I ever saw was Matt Smith. It was the Van Gogh episode, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, that's cool. And I really like that. But then at some point, I just started watching it with Eccleston and like, oh, he's my doctor. What happened is I was at Galley and I was dressed as Rose. And as you know, uh, the actress for Jackie Tyler was there. Yes, oh. yes. Oh, it's Camille, I think. Yes, Camille Cadori, yep. She was the first person from Doctor Who that I'd ever, like, seen with my eyes, you know, like, in real life. And I was kind of freaking out about it a little bit. And I don't tend to get super starstruck, but I was just kind of freaking out because I just love Jackie Tyler so much. And uh, there was this one point where I was standing outside, and she was kind of, like, having a smoke break or something. And she's kind of looking at me funny and stuff, like, kind of like, eh. And I was like, oh, God, no, don't look at me. So later inside, um, she was she was kind of being taken back somewhere with one of her handlers, and my friend was like, "You should go ask her for a picture." And I was like, "No, like she's busy. she's really busy. I don't want to like I don't I'm scared. I don't want to do it." So he ran after her, and I like kind of had to go too. So I was like, "Oh God, no!" So uh-huh. her, and he's like, "Hey, like, can I have your picture?" And she's like, "No, I'm I'm sorry. Like, yeah, I gotta go." I gotta go. And he's like, not with me, with her. And he points at me and, and Jackie like spins around and, uh, she's like, Oh, and she, she turns back to her handler and she says, give me just a second. I have to take a picture with my daughter. Nice. Like, Oh yeah. (laughs) So like all there is, is a, a really blurry, shaky cell phone picture of me and her. But it was like, so awesome. That was like my favorite moment ever. I was so excited. (laughs) That's really sweet. Yeah, most of the people at Gallifrey are are very cool and very approachable, which is what I love about that con. So, of course, on the flip side of that question, what's been, you know, your costume mishap or most embarrassing costume moment? Costume mishap. I'd say worse, but I don't want people to invite, you know, trauma back into their lives, you know. Yeah, you know, I've never really had, like, a super terrible experience. The closest I've ever had to like a bad experience with cosplay has been creepy dudes like super creepy not like taking pictures but you know what i mean like it's really weird and i kind of just tend to blows off and not think about it and you mean in terms of how they come off as a vibe or they try to hit on you or what are they being too grabby what do you mean i got (laughs) i got an email last week it's just oh god it's i guess it's more a side effect of being a cosplayer than like an actual one time experience but i got this email last week where like this guy wrote me and to paraphrase actually uh, i don't even think you even really need to paraphrase but he was like uh hey i i really like that we're friends on facebook and i know you're in a relationship right now and everything but i'd really love to be your man one day and the last line of the email was, the sex will be incredible. Like, <laughs> but uh, it's, I'll totally forget about that in like half a year because stuff like that happens all the time. And it's not just me. It's like every girl. <laughs> every girl gets this stuff. And it's kind of weird. And that's kind of like the negative side of cosplay. It's just, 
You're saying uh, every girl online or just every girl cosplayer? Every girl cosplayer, okay. I, to some extent, gets like the, the dudes who are like, hey, the sex will be incredible. And he's just trying to give you the hard sell, man. You know, it was, it was, it was crazy. Like I, I wanted to email him back and be like, you know what? I'm leaving my boyfriend right now. <laughs> Tell me I'm on my way. Forward me $600 for a plane ticket, please. Oh boy. Yeah. So like, that's, that's not so fun. Uh, the, the creepiness. And then I don't know. There's, there's all kinds of just little, little downsides. Like that, there's a lot of people who say stuff like, "I bet you've never even seen Star Trek," or "I bet you've never read a comic book," or stuff like that. And I can get kind of obnoxious. I've had some people say stuff like that to my face, um, especially when I was working for Novos, the Star Trek thing at Comic Con last year. I was handing stuff out at the um, at, at some at some booth. I'm sorry, I've forgotten it. Uh, I was handing out Captain Picard trading cards. And and some guy came through the line and like made some crack about how I probably had no idea who Picard was or something. Uh huh. Well, you know, we we discussed the difference in female fandom over the last you know twenty to twenty five years, and I think there's two things going on. One is that some of these guys are older fans who yeah. are not used to the influx of uh, women in fandom, and so this is their go to you know mentality. For better or for worse. And um, so you got that, unfortunately. And then the other side of it is anytime um, I've seen a girl work a booth, like you clearly know they're working the booth, not just like they're hanging out there. Uh, half the time they are just hired models. And this is what I ran into 10 years ago. I would ask girls, uh, not that I was trying to hit on them per se, but I just was trying to be like, hey, are these girls really into this? And most of them weren't, you know? <laughs> you know? And so you got those two things always kind of happening and I think that's what's influencing people so in a certain way I can't blame them in another way nowadays you know what more often than not they are like you and they are you know big fans and you shouldn't question it you should just all you know enjoy it yeah I, I, I totally get it I mean there are a lot of booth babes who are just you know regular model booth babes but right it's just not fun that's all I mean I don't blame them I'm not like oh you're a jerk because you assume that I don't like something. It's just kind of, like, kind of awkward, you know? It's like, mm. oh, like, do you want to have, like, some sort of trivia showdown? I don't <laughs> It's like a challenge. <laughs> I get this stuff all the time. Just, just the other day, there was this big argument that started on some forum somewhere about uh, the Avenger Bunny thing that I did. Mm-hmm. Um, the Avenger Playboy Bunnies and how like none of us like do anything. I just want to be like, I work at a comic book store. You know, <laughs> please listen to me. I have to think that uh, any any girl that dresses up and clearly is not working a booth, or even if you are working a booth, but you know, if you're out there showing it, then to me, it's like, how else can you wear your fandom or your geekery on your sleeve? Uh, you know? Yeah. Girls in cosplay is like, a, it's a really tricky subject, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's all kinds of controversy. Um, right. I, and I thought I, I felt bad for the Slave Leia girls, but wow, you're, you're taking it to another level. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just kind of a mess. Because some people are like, oh, you don't need to be so naked, you know, to like be a geek. But if you don't do that, then you're going to get ignored. And like, oh, that's a big, it's a big thing. Mm-hmm. People are constantly constantly debating like the role of women in fandom which i think in this day and age is kind of silly i get it 
I know that it used to be like mostly dudes. I understand, but it just seems like at some point we could just be like, hey, girls also like geeky stuff and we don't have to be weird about it mm. and like have debates, you know, just just let's have fun. Mm-hmm. No, it's what it always comes back down to. It, it should be fun. And luckily, you know, uh, a lot of these um, yeah, mishaps or negative experiences that, you know, I've encountered or, or you've encountered or her friends, friends of mine have encountered usually are far outweighed by the positive, which is good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They're, they're far and few between. And the, the bad things that do happen are usually so harmless. It's like, oh, you hurt my feelings. I won't care tomorrow. It's rare for me to run into that, too, on, on a convention floor. I'm not what you're describing, clearly, but, you know, any kind of bad experiences I have on a floor are usually security-related. And if they're not, then it's it's really something more after the fact, like online, where you're mm-hmm. dealing with, you know, some kind of, you know, troll or flame roll, flame roar or something like that. But, you know, while on the topic, let's, let's talk about these Avengers bunnies, because they were pretty awesome at Comic-Con. How did that all come about? Half joke, half serious. Uh... It started out kind of a bit because I was working on this Iron Man suit and I was at a party one day with my dear friend Victoria and I was like, wouldn't it be hilarious if we, uh, we did all the Avengers but Playboy Bunnies? And she's like, haha, that would be funny. And then like a couple days later, I'm like, here, I've drawn them all. <laughs> <laughs> I designed them all. And, uh... Actually, it was just going to stop at that. It was going to stop at a, a drawing. It was just like an illustration I did. I threw it on Facebook, and immediately, like, the reaction to this drawing was just out of control, like, way, way more than I could handle. There were people, like, tagging themselves and, like, asking if they could be in the group, and a group didn't even exist yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there wasn't going to be a group. <laughs> it was just drawings. And um, so at some point... Yeah, really, really, it got out of hand very fast. Like we started a uh, we started a page, like a secret page, and started planning it to do it. And none of us had like we had no patterns, we had no experience, we didn't have anything. We're just like, well, let's make this happen somehow. And uh, I think we we did it in like a month. We like pulled the whole thing together, starting a month before Comic Con. Everyone's costumes in a month. Everyone's costumes in a month. Yeah, Oof. yeah. Uh, Agent Coulson, Loki, and Iron Man, and Captain America were all made in the space of, like, four days. As you do. We, we got all, to, like, we just had a little party. And sure. Just made. Yeah, I made Iron Man and Captain America myself. Um, I, th- I think I made those in, like, two days. Yeah, it was, <laughs> kind, of, it was kind of a mess. I actually missed two days of Comic-Con because I was at home finishing them. Oh, wow, okay. Uh, it, was, it was a little procrastinating, uh, but yeah, it was just like this this kind of joke that kind of spiraled out of control. Because I just thought it'd be funny, you know, if one there was some Marvel universe where there was nothing but Playboy bunnies, and two, I kind of think Tony Stark would try and trick a bunch of his friends into bunny suits. I don't know how Loki would get in one, but. <laughs> I didn't really think the part through. I didn't really need to. So, uh, but it, it went over really, really well. We were actually only on the floor, on the con floor, for about three hours. Um, that was it, because they are the most painful costumes. Really? Ever. Especially, yes. And we wore them on Sunday. So we're already tired, and, like, you know, we've already all been wearing, like, crazy shoes for days. And 
we're only out there for like three hours and like half of that was just traveling through like secret passageways and stuff to get around people. We really, we really weren't out there very long at all. And I'm assuming once you're out there, I mean, a group like that, you're not going to move very far when you get walls of photographers. We couldn't get anywhere, like anywhere at all. Um, so mostly we were just kind of like pushing to destinations. We got up on the Marvel stage, which was pretty cool. And yeah. Nathan Fillion was there. And that was, that was pretty neat. That's awesome. Did he get a, p- a photo with you guys? Oh, uh, well, well, it, it's actually kind of a weird story. We got up on the, the Marvel stage twice. The first time, we, they just sent us through his autograph line. Huh. Like, suddenly, they were like, hey, Avenger Bunny Girls, skip all these people and go get in line for this thing with Nathan Philly. And I was like, okay. So we did that. And uh, then we got on the stage ourselves, just us, just, like, taking photos with everyone. And after that, we kind of went off to the side and we did this Marvel Live segment. Um, and we're doing the thing and like everything's cool. And we're just like, I'm kind of talking about the group just, you know, like now. And out of nowhere, here comes Nathan Fillion again. And he <laughs> like jumps in front of the camera and takes the microphone from me and just starts talking about how awesome we are. Uh-huh. And I'm just kind of like half excited and half kind of mad because Nathan Fillion is like standing in front of me and I'm supposed to be talking. And <laughs> like come on Nathan um so he just like goes on and on and like our interview was supposed to end but it kept going on for like 10 more minutes (laughs) (laughs) there's a bunch of pictures of us with Nathan Fillion and you can kind of see me behind him sort of and uh so we we got we got pictures he seemed to enjoy us so I'm sure he did yeah I I well I'll have to post some photos but yeah I didn't know about that part I'd seen a few of you on the stage and uh, and elsewhere in the convention and I was like wow and I think I caught Rachel as Captain America but I never saw the whole group together so god it was it was it was really crazy I don't know when we'll do that again (laughs) like the whole thing because it was just it really took a lot out of all of us um afterwards we all went and got shawarma yeah. Yeah. Nice. I don't know where the pictures are of that. We got lots of pictures of us all in our Avengers costumes eating shawarma. And I don't know where they've gone. <laughs> I haven't seen them yet. But uh, we were like the most exhausted bunnies ever. <laughs> <laughs> it was like 4 p.m. and we were just done. Nice. Done with with cons forever at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I know just from walking in our costumes at the end of the day, you just want to melt and your feet are throbbing and all that stuff. And, it uh, was rough. Yeah, yeah. and I, I can only imagine in those costumes with, with the heels and everything. Oof. Mm. Mm. So, yeah, they were, somehow we ended up with the world's most uncomfortable shoes. Like, <laughs> like heels are fine. We're all pretty experienced in, like, walking in heels because uh-huh. it kind of comes with the gig. But these shoes were just the worst. I don't know what it was. They were just, like, forged by Satan. It was so bad. Like, you can't tell in the pictures, but, like, all of our legs were, like, shaking as we're, like, tr- like trying to hold this one pose. You know? It was really hard. Mm. Well, you know, the next thing you guys have to consider, then, the gauntlet's been thrown. you got to do the group of all the doctors as bunnies, right? You know, we already talked about it. You're nice. Not, you're not even clever, Bob. <laughs> Well, I, I know it's the obvious thing because, you know, I like Doctor Who. What's another group like that you could easily mis- you know, interpret like that? Oh, of course. Got it. Have, have you seen Rachel's TARDIS bunny suit? Oh, of course. It was awesome. Yeah. I want to do a David Tennant bunny suit. Ah. 
be fun. I, I always ask, what has been your most challenging costume? Would you say it was that or the Iron Man you've been working on? Oh, it's Iron Man. It's definitely Iron Man. Just because it's been two years and it's not done and it melted in my car. And that that costume was just really, it's it's not even done. And it's it's was really hard. I had to teach myself how to work with fiberglass and Bondo and foam and like all these crazy materials I'm just not used to. Sure. Even a little bit. Uh-huh. But- um, which, it's great, though. I learned how to do a bunch of stuff because of it. But, ah, uh, man, that thing is a challenge. And then, as sad as it is, you'd think you could just make the dude suit and, like, fit in it. But I'm sad to say that my hips are too large. <laughs> and I don't quite fit in that tiny Robert Downey Jr. suit. And uh, I look a bit weird. And it makes me mad. Like, I'm trying to figure it out. Like, I, it has to be bigger, I guess. But... It it looks like regular Iron Man, but with kind of lady hips, you know. Uh huh. So I got to figure that out. Um, you gotta you gotta build it around you, really. Well, yeah, but the thing is, is it's all scaled to me. Mm-hmm. But to scale that part correctly, the hip section is much bigger than the scale of the other sections. Oh. So it's like. Uh, it's just, it looks weird. Cause he's very, it's very tiny. The proportions on Iron Man already are silly. <laughs> just kind of, they're just weird, but I'm Robert Downey Jr. sized. So I'm very accurate. All right. No, good to know. What, what parts of the costume melted in your car that it was, is any of it salvageable or no? It's semi salvageable. It's going to take a lot of hours like a lot, like maybe 20, 25 to put it back together again. It's all of it. All of it melted Oof. because of California summer heat. You know, I've actually been thinking uh, one day to do the uh, classic uh, comic book Iron Man, you know, the 70s style. Oh, really? That'd be really cool. Just because I, I do like Iron Man, but that was my Iron Man. And yeah, uh, yeah. and I, I know that that's a, that's a tough one to do with the, the gold arms. Yeah, that'd be read, really cool, though. Yeah, yeah, I hope, uh, you know, it's something on my drawing board amongst a whole bunch of other stuff on the drawing board. Yeah, so maybe one day, but if it does, it would be cool to find some movie Iron Mans and, you know, do the yeah. big, uh, yeah, he, that was then, this yeah. is now. It's kind of a challenge. Uh, all of my favorite characters, generally speaking, um, are guys, because I, don't, I just don't really have a lot of girl characters that I like. Like, I really like Iron Man or, like, Captain America in the comics because I'm a big comic book person. And so it seems like most of my costumes are either, like, okay, Iron Man. Like, I can be Iron Man. No, 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 I'm a girl. Um, (laughs) Or, like, Captain America. Can't really do that. So I'll be, like, girl Captain America. So there seems to be, like, a trend of gender bending. There does, yeah. And it's it's definitely gotten bigger. How how many... um... I mean, how do you decide between I'm going to do the male version of this character versus I'm going to feminize it? How well I can pull it off. I can't be Steve Rogers. It won't. It can't happen. I could be like pre-super soldier serum Steve Rogers. <laughs> I could be like gangly sort of. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be the same. So there's, yeah, like with Cap, there's not much you can do to look like a big buff dude. So it's like, uh, but I, I have a Peter Pan costume. I'm like, eh, it's Peter Pan, you know. I'll be Peter Pan, whatever. There's a precedent for that one. Yeah, it's like it makes sense no matter what. But um, yeah, Iron Man. I just, I just really, 
I really fought the girl version of Iron Man thing. I just, I don't like it. I feel like if you can pull it off, you should do it. You know, just do it accurately. Sure. Like, yeah. There's no excuse not to, really. Mm-hmm. So you generally lean on the idea that if uh, if it's down between going for screen accuracy or as close as you can get it within your, your budget or whatnot uh, versus going for something close that has the read, you always pick the former? I, I do. I am a screen accuracy person. I like to think generally. But then again, it, it still comes down to like how much do you care about that particular project. Right. You know, if it's something I'm just kind of on, I don't, I don't care that much. You know. But on that same level, then, you know, when you see someone else doing a costume and they have done the latter, they're going for the read. Uh, they're not obviously either as concerned about accuracy or they couldn't afford to go for the super accurate stuff. Do you go all costume Nazi on them or, or not? Not really. Um, I think your level of dedication and like how much you care about something is just like kind of up to you. And I am, people say this all the time, but like I really believe it. I really think it should just be for fun. Um, and sometimes nitpicking is fun, but keep it to yourself. You know, just, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really do that too much unless I am guilty of this to the millionth degree. If I'm wearing the same costume as them, then I, I start like noticing things, but you know, still, still hang out with them. I'll still be friends. (laughs) But somewhere in there, the checklist is going off. Get out of here. (laughs) Tyler with your, your wrong shoes not appropriate like i don't care i really don't care because at any moment they could turn around and be like your jeans aren't right (laughs) i heard this podcast and i know all about those jeans i just like to ask um two things uh what is currently on your plate that you're uh, about to make what's what, what costumes are in the pipeline right now let's see i've actually i've gone very casual right now um have you seen that movie moonrise kingdom Yes. Ah, so my boyfriend and I, we're doing Sam and Susie. Cool. So that'll be fun. Um, one of those ones that like I feel very few people recognize, but the people who do might appreciate it. Um, and then I want to do some Rose stuff and Ramona Flowers. And still working on Iron Man, mostly. That's about it. Um, oh, and for Galley next year, I, I trust you've seen the Canine and Company opening thing of course yeah so uh rachel and i we're going to cosplay from that that opening that's tremendously 80s opening oh yeah um so i'm gonna be sarah jane with like the glass of wine nice sweater around my neck and she's gonna be the grassy knoll that canine is on and we're gonna (laughs) back and we're going to have the music, and we're just going to run around and be like, it's going to be really fun. Um, again, no one will get it, but I will. <laughs> With a theme, and if you borrow Steve's uh, awesome uh, remote control canine, then you'll really sell it. That's what you need. I think it'd be good. I just really want Rachel to be the grassy knoll. <laughs> nice, nice. I just want to like jog around, you know. Like but- I love that. I love... I love the K9 and company, like just the opening. Cause it's so, it's so eighties and they just have him sitting there and just got K9 and I just love it. I want it to go on forever. <laughs> it's really, really, really hysterical, but yeah. And then also besides that, uh, more rows, rows everywhere. Right. 
I think that Grassy Knoll takes uh, inanimate uh, cosplay uh, to a whole new level. I've seen Death Stars and Tardises, but wow, Grassy Knoll. Grassy Knoll. Uh, uh, so the the last question to wrap up with is: I always ask, what is your number one tip to beginning cosplayers out there? Don't take yourself too seriously. Uh, you're not going to get rich and famous off cosplay. It's not your life's work. Just chill out and have fun, but still be nitpicky. You can do both. I promise. You can you can do it. You can be like really, really anal, but also not really care. So that's you should go for that. All right. So that that's uh, that'll be the the t-shirt. Be anal, but not really care. Yes. <laughs> Love it. Um, well, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for talking. Thank you. It's been a blast. Awesome. And we'll be back next week with more costume talk shop on Costume Station Zero. <laughs> 